0: Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
1: BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, July 28th, wherever and however you have chosen to connect, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who always appreciates a good photo bomb, Jerem Jordan.
2: Okay, yeah, you were in uh, a couple of these. We noticed uh, the other day. There, there's a Zach Wilson run against Tennessee that not one but two cards for Zach Wilson of you. So congratulations on this. Oh, look who's <laughs> behind Zach! Wow. Now you bought this card, which you should. That's awesome. Um, Hemahay Mooley also bought this card. One of our coworkers. I think I need to buy this card. And then we discovered this morning there's a second one with you in the background.
1: Yes. Is that? Stuart Call on the left side from BYU Athletic Marketing? I think so. Our homie Stu? So maybe a triple signature is yes. on tap.
2: Okay, I'm going to buy that one, <laughs> and I'll get those three signatures. That's yes.
1: Same run, but in one of them, yeah. Zach's left arm is down, and in the second one we're showing you, this is a little bit further advanced up the field. I believe, Jerem, this is the run that Zach Wilson had with the final seconds right before the pass to Micah Simon in the Micah Miracle.
2: Because
1: mm. he runs up the sideline. Did BYU line. You win this
2: game? I can't remember. Indeed they did.
1: Double overtime, but he runs up the sideline, and then BYU has a third down, and he connects with Micah Simon.
2: Okay, now here's the deal. I've known you for a while. Since what? Fall Nine. of 05? Yeah. We had a class together. That was our first instance. Winter of 05. Winter yeah, of yeah. O- o- 05, my first semester. Okay. Yes. I I learned something yesterday that I did not know until, um, you know, yesterday, Uh, which is obviously, which is that you're a time traveler. You've actually been photobombing people for ages. In fact, let's take a look at some of these. You actually (laughs) were on the boat crossing the Delaware with Washington and the homies, which is crazy. This isn't photoshopped at all. Okay. There are other instances. That was a great day. You know what? The uh, New York City workers. Yep. You're just on the right. I'm still scared of heights. I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were eating lunch, you know. You got to do what you got to do. Okay. Okay, the high rise building. Next. <laughs> Is that it? Those are the two we've we found from Okay, that's what we found from history. So, Washington there are actually
1: more. Washington, New York, we and, could Ten- and Tennessee.
2: Yeah, that's what yes. Okay. That's what we could find. Um <laughs> I didn't know that, dude. So, where he, when are you from?
1: Yeah, yeah when, when am I going to show up next? When
2: are you from? When? And why are you meddling with our affairs now? Wouldn't you like to And know, why Karen haven't Jordan? you been able to help us get a win versus Utah? Oh, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> but, is that coming? It takes, sometimes you it know? takes a
1: little while. Independence for this great country took a long time, Jerem. Okay? So we had to put some things in motion to make it uh, so what will BYU take longer has a great opportunity. So BYU year.
2: gets a win versus Utah or American <laughs> independence? <laughs> <laughs> gonna happen this year. BYU's gonna be at Utah this year. This is the year. Let's More go. photo bombing. The guy. Let's go. go.
1: Time traveling and photo bombing.
2: I didn't know that. Like I thought you were one of us. Obviously, you're not. Well, you put two and two
1: together. If I had a special power or a superpower, I've told you this before, it would be time travel. So yeah, dude. Maybe there is something there.
2: That's something I hope. I hope when we're dead, that is possible. Time travel. Well, to, to like see go back and
1: live those like,
2: moments. All right. Here's what it looked like uh, for the dinosaurs. Here's what it looked like for uh, you know. You can go watch Babe Ruth play a baseball game. All you need is a
1: DeLorean. All you need is a DeLorean.
2: Well, if you capacitor. Avengers Endgame, you learned that it's more complicated than that (laughs) in the fictional time travel world.
1: (laughs) Uh, How about some nonfiction to uh, get into our midweek show lineup? But we are going to have some speculation for sure.
2: (laughs) There'll be plenty of fiction.
1: Let's take a close look at how BYU would actually fit... In the Big 12 with the remaining eight teams after the pending departure of Texas and Oklahoma, would it be a good fit when and if the dust settles there? We'll ask that question to Baylor play-by-play man John Morris. Preview the 2021 Bears squad and the October matchup in Waco with BYU. Plus the top 10 defenses BYU will face this season and Matt Bushman Already making waves in Las Vegas Raiders camp. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Basketball transfer John Lucas has been fully cleared and is eligible for the next season after his transfer from Milwaukee, according to John Rothstein of CBS Sports. I'm wondering why this is news. The NCAA is going to grant everybody an extra year from COVID, so I don't know why this is a report in the first place.
1: Uh, yeah. Is there somebody that's not going to receive Antia's the waiver?
2: Like, nope, you don't get it. Sorry. We don't like you. You were unaffected by the pandemic. No, everyone was.
1: We roll on with BYU kicker Jake Oldroyd in some of the most obvious news you'll ever hear. He's back on the Lou Groza Award watch list given to the nation's top place kicker. If you remember, Oldroyd was a Groza Award finalist just last year. He didn't miss a field goal all season, 12 for 12, though
2: he did miss two extra points. Mm-hmm. We love Jake, he's awesome. Taylor Sanders scored 17 points for USA Volleyball in a four set win versus Tunisia yesterday. He did tweak his ankle, the same one he injured uh, in club ball before the Olympics, but returned to the game, so that's goodness. The Americans face Brazil tomorrow night, massive match.
1: Brazil. more?
2: Close. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> trying, I'm still trying. That was, a, that was pretty good. More Cougars in the Tokyo Olympics, specifically Jordan Mattias and women's rugby sevens making her debut in the Olympics tonight against China, 9 p.m. Eastern. Mattias starred for BYU and won the 2014 Collegiate All-American Award. She's the GOAT of BYU women's rugby.
2: Yeah, dude. She's legit, man. She's legit. Bunch of golf headlines here. Carson Lundell, two strokes off the lead in the Western Amateur. Brock Goyen tied for first in the GCAA Summer Series after shooting four under. Kirsten Fotu shot a 66. What? 66? Placed third in the Mary Lou Baker Open. And also in that same tournament, Lila, Lila Nalliei shot a 68. Holy shnake! Finishing fifth. And Adeline Anderson shot a 74, finishing in the for 8. What? Ugh. Women's golf showing up. Yes. They always do.
1: I'm feeling good if I have 66 strokes in place after about 13 or 14 holes. Yes. <laughs> Let alone 18. <laughs> Congratulations to 46 different BYU track and field athletes, all awarded all academic honors by the USTF CCCA. To be eligible for that recognition, you have to have a cumulative GPA of at least 3.0. Student athletes getting it done.
2: And Jackson Clough scored a run for the AA Harrisburg Senators in a 4-3 loss to the Altoona Curve. Altoona, Pennsylvania. Whatever that is
1: right by Penn State. I believe that's the home market for Penn State University, right? Altoona, Pennsylvania?
2: You're asking me like I
1: know. I have no uh, no
2: idea. It sounds like you know. I
1: think it is. I think it is. is. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: And today's What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jerem, we proposed that BYU should probably wait until some of the chaos calms down before really going aggressively at getting into, let's say, the Big 12. But if the Big 12 does indeed remain intact with those eight leftover teams, is BYU a good fit with those eight teams remaining in the Big 12?
2: Yeah, and again, like you said... uh if this is something that stays stable, obviously, I, I don't think BYU should enter it if it, if it is stable. We talked about that uh, Monday together. If it's stable, I think BYU is a good fit. Now, geographically, BYU fits in the Pac-12. I think philosophically, BYU fits better in the Big
1: 12. 100%. So,
2: so philosophically, all red states, okay? Obviously, this is perhaps the reddest state.
1: Conservative.
2: In the union, right? Um... And then sort of this Midwest vibe that, you know, obviously Utah and Texas, like, they're different, but there's still cowboy hats in all these states. <laughs> I think that's like the symbol of the league should be a cowboy hat. <laughs> um, and, that's, and that's fine. BYU has played Big 12 teams over the years and had some pretty good success. I'm talking teams in the Big 12. Like when BYU faced TCU, they were never in the Big 12. 2011, weren't they? No, they were still in the Mountain West. BYU's had success against Texas, Texas and Oklahoma. What, 5-1? and 5-1. and one. Uh, lost to v- West Virginia in 2016. Um, you know, I think it'd be a fit. I think these are fun games. Now we've been told uh, philosophically that BYU is more like a Big Ten team in terms of its lines. Obviously, the speed that BYU has does not match up with the upper echelon Big Twelve teams. But I think, like what happened to Utah, BYU would uh, you know assimilate a team that had a little more speed mm-hmm. if it was in the Big 12. I don't think it'd hang at the highest level, but in the middle of the pack, perhaps, uh, absolutely. I think it's uh, if, again, if this is a stable situation, I think that would be a really nice fit. And, uh, and at the end of the day, Spencer, I don't care if it's a good fit or not. I just want BYU to be in a Power 5 league with access to the playoff, should BYU have that special season at some point and maybe build up to that.
1: Right now, the remaining eight teams, if I were to vote for BYU and not do so with heavy blue goggles and a preseason media poll, I would put Oklahoma State and Iowa State above BYU, but I'd have the Cougars finishing third this season. So I think that, yeah, that's not a stretch to think that BYU could finish upper tier in the Big 12 this year with those remaining eight teams. Who knows what happens if and when the Big 12 adds more teams and right. who those and teams are. And if you had are.
2: Cincinnati, BYU's below Cincinnati. UCF. And, yeah.
1: uh, I think BYU would be above UCF, but
2: uh, Boise State. Right. Well, would BYU, BYU be above Boise State? Yes. The
1: Cougars are coming off a 51-14 win over the Broncos. Yeah,
2: that'd be an interesting one, right? So it's kind of fun to and think you'd about. And you two more, you'd think. Unless –
1: yeah, yeah, it'd be fun to think about the fit of where BYU would rank in a preseason poll with those remaining eight teams. Like, right now they'd be top third, which is a fun thought.
2: Yes, coming off the 11-1, feeling good, right? Okay. If BYU's coming off 7-6, seven, seven you know, or whatever, it's different. If BYU's in the Big 12, brace yourself for let's make a bowl game and hope we get to 8. <laughs> like, that would be the rhetoric every year. Let's look at some other things in terms of fit.
1: Yes, yeah, stadium so, size, market so, size. So
2: streaming is a bigger deal now, right? Like, the TV market you're in still matters, but it doesn't matter as much as it did when this conversation was happening in 2010. Okay, so Salt Lake's the 30th biggest TV market in America. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth biggest is Dallas-Fort Worth. So TCU, obviously massive. And again, we're throwing out Oklahoma and Texas because they, they're they gone, um, you know, soon. 26th, uh, Morgantown, West Virginia is in the Pittsburgh market, even though they're an hour 20 away. That's, that works. Um, 34th for Kansas, uh, and then Austin's 38th, and so on and so forth. So BYU would actually be the third biggest TV market in the Big 12. Okay. So obviously that doesn't matter all that much.
1: Third biggest market <laughs> with Oklahoma and Texas yes, in the mix.
2: Yes. Okay, Houston, if it came in, would be the eighth biggest market. Um, if like a, a UCF came in 17th, so they would yeah, big anyway, markets in Florida. It would be in the upper echelon. Stadium size, BYU stadium would instantly become the biggest stadium in the Big 12 <laughs> without Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> like, let's do some stadium measuring. Uh, I guess if you add like a South Florida, which I don't think would get added, they're using an NFL stadium, so that's kind of cheating. That's 66. and filling it like
1: a third of the way.
2: Yes. Okay. Win percentage last 10 years. Um, Twenty so we didn't include twenty twenty in this because it was weird for everybody, but probably should have with BYU eleven and one. But twenty ten to twenty nineteen. BYU's fifty nine percent, okay? That would uh, you know, Oklahoma's at eighty one percent, Oklahoma State, seventy-one, TCU, Kansas State, Baylor, and uh but you know, above BYU. Okay, it's right so in if you take out right in the middle right in the middle. If you take out Oklahoma, it'd be what, fifth?
1: Yes. It would fifth, be above Texas. Fifth
2: out of the nine if we're saying BYU is among those other eight. So Yes, BYU can can hang. Let's talk men's hoops. So NCAA tournament appearances, BYU is 30. Just a monster number. Only Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia have more. So, again, you're like in that mix of, hey, a team that goes to the tourney often. I think BYU would be a pretty good fit sure. in basketball, yes.
1: too. Yes, athletically, on the field, it's all, about all football, the amenities. But it's all going to come down to, can BYU add value, which we discussed yesterday, to the Big 12. And there are a number of ways to specify what value is. Let's talk about just eyeballs and potential TV and streaming revenue. Uh, And I I offer this side note. Stuart Mandel yesterday offered a projection that of the remaining eight teams in the Big 12, if you take Texas and Oklahoma out of the mix, those huge brands – that they would generate somewhere or be worth somewhere between 7 to $12 million per year. The eight teams remaining. Which is right in the wheelhouse for what we think BYU is right now with ESPN.
2: I think that'd be on the high end of what BYU is making.
1: 7 to $12 million. Four to
2: eight is the estimate I have.
1: Hard to know what type of revenue BYU would generate and create with an invigorated and excited fan base having the Cougars in a Power 5 conference. If that would... Bring more eyeballs, more revenue, more advertising from the mountain region for the Big Twelve. So I, I tend to think that it probably would bump that up a few million dollars, just because of the natural excitement that comes with being invited to a Power Five conference. I feel differently. You don't think I, that it would add at all? Well,
2: when when Fox and ESPN and whatnot sign a deal, I don't think they go, "Oh, BYU's in it, add a couple mil." I don't. Th- I think well, they go advertisers okay, in the Pacific with and mountain- these with these teams. Okay, cool. This is our number. Now,
1: hear me out. Advertisers in the Pacific and Mountain time zones, why would they advertise in the Big 12 country? But if you invite BYU from the Mountain time zone and have that later window, then advertisers that are looking to get that later window will add money to the fray. So I think that that is an obvious addition. I don't know how much it would be, but I think it would be some type of bonus.
2: Yes, BYU adds, adds a ton of value. Uh, Of who it is. I just don't know if it's quantifiably going to be more than the average Power 5 team. Well, what is the average Power 5 team? Well, everybody but (laughs) the big dogs. Like, I just don't – I think unless you are Alabama, Clemson, Oregon, USC, Texas, Oklahoma, those types, you're – the TV contract's probably going to be what it was with that group before. Sure. Maybe that, it's advan- how I feel.
1: Maybe it's advantageous that BYU is on par with an average Power 5 team if the Big 12 wants to stay stable. Is yeah, BYU sure. the obvious addition if the Big 12 just wants to remain intact, have some stability, which well, I think is what... Well-
2: need- I mean, they need like six sure, more teams. But
1: yeah. not saying BYU is the only answer, but yeah. are they the top of the list in terms of let's go get that team so we can remain stable, which I think what that's what Paul Feinbaum and others have alluded to, and Bill Plash.
2: If they are, do it. Who's like, to say it, they won't? Like, if they don't, then maybe BYU isn't.
1: Who's to say they won't? And yeah. I know that I it wasn't they do. the right fit in 2016 because that was a dog and pony show and they were never going to add yeah. anybody in the first place.
2: I think their actions will tell us how they really feel. Yeah, well. Like, And so if they don't take any action, then they don't feel that way.
1: So if the invite comes even with the chaos, should, is it in BYU's best interest to jump in to take the chance? If this is the window of opportunity, there's going to be some risk, right? You and I were like, oh, let it settle a little bit. How long do we let it settle <laughs> before it's like, yeah, maybe, okay, the window's closing?
2: Maybe you just take it. You got to go maybe with the risk, right?
1: It. Yeah. Fascinating stuff, for sure. And uh, yeah, think about that. Biggest stadium in the Big 12,
2: if. We they love were a good today. gym measuring. We really do. Our question of the day. Oh, St. Mary's. What a small gym.
1: What do you feel makes BYU a good fit or not in the Big 12? If it remains intact, let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Kip Kent answers on Twitter, look no further than
1: Baylor's ticketing website where there is a small asterisk next to one home game and no others. It says, due to a high demand single game tickets for the BYU game, this season in October, will be extremely limited. Once sold out, the only way to purchase is through season tickets. They don't have an asterisk for the Oklahoma game. They don't have an asterisk for the Texas game or the Iowa State game. It is only the BYU
2: game. Yes, I agree. There is is, demand. It is also homecoming. Let's not avoid... (laughs) That, too. <laughs> is like, it more
1: about homecoming or the fact that they know BYU fans are going to buy a bunch of tickets?
2: Well, you'd think Texas and Oklahoma would have a bigger fan bases that would show up than BYU. So maybe I don't, not. I don't, maybe they're already sold out. I don't know. Coming up, Gunnar Romney makes a receivers list. Let's not have a conversation about the E-word. About
1: oh, this boy. List. And the play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris, joins us next. What does he think about BYU making their way to the Big 12 to help stabilize
0: that conference? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Friday for the
2: 2021 Y Awards as we celebrate one of the greatest years in Cougar sports history, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU
1: We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We welcome in now the play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris, joining us over Zoom. And, John, you noticed as we went to break, we were showing highlights from that 1984 Baylor at BYU game during BYU's perfect season. What we didn't show is BYU losing at Baylor to open up the 1983 season in a great game. Do you remember those games?
3: I, I do. And number one, and I appreciate you having me on. That's great. And I have uh, very fond memories of both those games. 83 was here in Waco. It was a great game. It's one of the best games I've ever seen. And Baylor beat Steve Young and BYU went down to the last second. Coach Grant Taft, it was Coach Taft and Coach Lavelle Edwards, you know, who were very, very good friends for many, many years. And it was it was a big deal. I remember that with BYU coming to Waco, it was a big game, and that was a big win for Baylor. And then BYU won the game uh, back in Provo that you showed some highlights of in '84.
2: John Steve is still bothered by that loss. Like, <laughs> like we know this. We talked. We've talked to him, and he. We talked about that '83 team in a show, and he was like, ah. That one loss, man, and everyone thinks he won the national championship. That doesn't, you know, anyway. So he's still thinking about that Baylor loss. Let's talk about what's yeah. going on in Big 12 country. Obviously, the talk of college football is Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, they they want to go to the SEC. They're going to leave uh, no later than 2025. Although, if you get divorced and live in the same house, that's a little weird. So we'll see when they actually go. What's it like in Big 12 country as the rest of the other eight teams try and navigate what's next?
3: Well, as you might expect, a lot of uncertainty right now. And, and I hate it, too. I mean, I, I like the rivalries and the tradition and the history we have, especially with Texas. I mean, that goes back to Southwest Conference days. And, and really, some of the greatest uh, wins in Baylor history in all sports have been against the University of Texas. And that's a compliment to them because it's a big game. It's a big deal, you know, if you beat Texas. And then in more recent years, Oklahoma is part of the Big 12. Uh, 2011, Robert Griffin's Heisman trophy moment was against Oklahoma, uh, a thrilling 45 38 win. So great, uh, uh, again, rivalry tradition with these teams. And I hate to see them go, but, uh, you know, I guess that's the world we live in these days. If you get a better offer, if you have another opportunity that you view as better, you know, you're going to go for the money.
1: John Morris, the play-by-play voice of Baylor Bears football is with us on BYU Sports Nation let's fast forward to 2025 yesterday. We were trying to look into our crystal ball here in studio B John, what do you see the big 12 trying to do with the pending departure of Oklahoma and Texas out there?
3: Well, you know, I appreciate the question, but understand this is above my pay grade. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in those meetings. <laughs> I think that goes without saying, but uh, number one, in my personal opinion, I don't think it'll drag out till 2025. Like you said, you know, if you, if you get a divorce, you're not going to stay uh, in the same house with that person for four more years. So we'll see how that plays out. But I would say this, I, I think the Big 12's number one goal is to preserve the league in some form. Uh, you know, we got eight schools right now, eight very good schools and very good athletic programs. Who can we add? who maybe from Provo, Utah, who could we add, you know, that would be a plus, a benefit. Now, it's going to be hard to find schools, you know, the stature of Texas and Oklahoma. But, you know, these days, it's like, uh, there's no rules, you know, name a school, all right, go after them, things like that might be happening. So I think that's the number one goal is to preserve the Big 12 and add some schools to get us back to uh, 10 or hopefully 12. I think the number should be 12. Uh, You know, the second option is, to me, not that great. It's uh, every school splintering off, ending up, uh, you know, in in other conferences, and then we all go our separate ways. But, you know, again, nothing is uh, off the table right now. I think there's a lot of options available out there.
2: Is there any uh, hesitation or uh, anxiousness associated with perhaps being left behind and not being able to get into another league? Or is there confidence that, okay, if, if the Big 12 didn't work out, I hope, like you, the Big 12 stays together, then, you know, hey, we'll be okay.
3: Yeah, from a Baylor perspective? Yes, Yeah.
2: No, I think
3: we will be okay. You know, I I trust our leadership. President Linda Livingstone is right in the middle of this. Mac Rhodes, our athletic director, unfortunately has been through things like this before, but they have experience and I really trust our leadership here. And I think that uh, they, in their positions and Baylor, uh, which has positioned itself very well, you know, with their success of Baylor athletics the last few years, I think we positioned ourselves in a, a really good spot, uh, you know, if if uh, we have to move on somewhere else. I think Baylor would be uh, on the inside more than on the outside looking in. Okay,
1: let's talk about BYU and the potential fit of the Cougars in a Big 12 that now has eight remaining teams. What would be working against BYU for the Big 12 to invite the Cougars? Because we've laid out all the positives. We're obviously spinning it forward and trying to make BYU as attractive an option as possible. What would work against BYU?
3: Uh, again, above my pay grade, but uh, I don't see anything. You know, I, I have thought for a long time that, uh, that BYU would be a great addition to our league, even before any of this talk. And even before, you know, the last talk, when we lost a when we lost... Uh, You know, Colorado, lost Nebraska, uh, Missouri, when those schools were leaving. Even before that, I thought BYU would be a great addition to the Big 12 Conference. You guys were talking last segment about geography and about TV uh, markets and things like that. Uh, Tell me if you agree with this. I think geography is not a factor these days. You used to think about your league and your footprint, you know, and who are the schools in that footprint. Now, I think it's the opposite. I think you look outside your footprint. You look to add, if you're going to add schools, you look to add schools in a different part of the country, a different TV market that can bring in different viewers, um, you know, in different parts of the country. Uh, So, BYU, you know, checks that box uh, very nicely uh, in Provo there. So, to answer your question, I, I don't see any negatives at all. I would love uh, the opportunity. We've been there a couple times for games. Loved our trips there, and uh, I think you and your fans—you'd love coming to Waco.
2: I think it'd be great, uh, Magnolia Way, right? Uh, you know, every Utah, <laughs> uh, you know, housewife has that book, so <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, let, can we rewind back to when the Big Twelve was formed? There, I want to clarify something because I haven't—I haven't heard, and perhaps you can shed some light on this or not, whatever. Um, BYU fans are like, shoot, Ann Richards was a Baylor grad. She was the Texas governor. BYU had a chance to get in the, the original Big 12. They didn't. Baylor got in. Is there any truth to that? BYU fans have always wondered that for a long time.
3: Uh, can't speak to that. Again, I wasn't in those meetings. Uh, and TCU folks felt the same way. TCU felt like Baylor got, uh, Baylor got their spot in the Big 12 conference. You know, I I really don't know. I mean, we had, we had, we being Baylor, had some really good political clout in Austin at the time. You mentioned Ann Richards. Bob Bullock uh, was probably more powerful even than Ann Richards as lieutenant governor. And uh, I think that helped. We had some key uh, uh, representatives in Austin that were going to make sure that Baylor was included in a new league, and that happened to be the Big 12. So, I don't know about BYU getting uh, you know, shut out by Baylor. I don't know about that. But from a Baylor perspective, uh, it, it's been great. From the Southwest Conference, hated to see that end and then move into the Big 12 and those new relationships, new rivalries in the Big 12. It's been really good from a Baylor perspective.
2: Listen, that's all great. We'd be fine if BYU got invited the second time, right? around. <laughs> <laughs> that would Come be great. That would be on. great. <laughs>
1: John Morris is on BYU Sports Station, the play-by-play voice for Baylor Bears football. Let's talk about this year's matchup. BYU's headed to Waco in mid-October for a game against the Bears, and preseason polls just came out. So what, in your mind, are realistic expectations for uh, a Baylor program that's still trying to find its footing after losing head coach Matt Rule?
3: Well, keep in mind, uh, Dave Aranda is our new head coach from uh, LSU, was part of that national championship team two years ago as the defensive coordinator, and then Dave came here. His first year was last year, uh, his first year at Baylor, and his first year as a head coach anywhere, and I, it's just unfair you know, that that was his first year with the COVID protocols, with no spring practice for Baylor. I mean, he was getting to know his players over Zoom. Couldn't even meet face to face with them. Uh, one of Dave's uh, real strengths is relationships, and he couldn't even meet with the parents of the players. Couldn't do that in person. So factor all that in, and then all the COVID protocols, and then just the coaching transition. And Baylor was two and seven last year, but but I think you really put an asterisk by that, and I, I think this year you'll get a much better barometer of uh, Coach Aranda and his. Uh, ability as a head coach. They've had a full off season. They had a spring. They're starting practice next week, August 6th is the first full day of practice. So I think we'll see a much better um, uh, sampling of uh, Coach Aranda and his ability to be a head coach. And then, you know, the coaching changes that he made also, you guys know about that, bringing in Jeff Grimes as our offensive coordinator. What a terrific that move, move that was, bringing him to Baylor. And Eric Mateos as our offensive line coach. Think about this. Coach, coach Aranda went through his first year, a COVID year, yet he still didn't hesitate and made coaching changes. Everybody on the uh, offensive staff except one person is new this year. So he saw a need for change there, a need for improvement. And what great additions Coach Grimes and Coach Mateos are to this Baylor staff.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're going to love them. And does Jeff still have a mustache? Uh, let's
3: see. You know he had hip surgery. Do you know that? No, didn't know that. Yeah, first last time I saw him, he was walking around on crutches, two crutches. I saw him a week later. He was down to one crutch. He said, we're mo- we're going the right direction. So uh, he was a little, let me say, he was a little scruffy when I saw him. I okay. mean, there, there weren't many people, <laughs> many of our coaches in the office when I saw him last.
1: Fantastic. Okay, uh, one last thing. Charlie Brewer is probably going to be the starting quarterback for Utah. BYU's lost nine in a row to Utah. So what does BYU need to do to slow down Charlie Brewer in Utah? Can you give <laughs> us the secret?
3: <laughs> It's the scouting report on Charlie Brewer. Number one, I love Charlie Brewer. I, uh, you know, he had a fantastic career here and then wanted to finish up with one year somewhere else. So I wish him nothing but the best. Leaves us in an interesting situation. I mean, we've got three guys who've never started battling for the quarterback position But I think that'll work itself out. But Charlie is just a gamer. You know, he's a guy that will find a way to win. uh, If it's on his legs, if it's on his arm, if it's uh, him just making the right call, you know, from the line of scrimmage, Charlie will find a way to win. So I I wish him nothing but the best. uh, And I hope he does well at Utah. I don't know about the game, Utah and BYU (laughs) this year, but I hope Charlie does well. He's, uh, He's just flat out a winner. You're
1: not giving me a lot of confidence here, John. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we appreciate the time. That's my
3: scouting report, and I'm sticking to it.
1: (laughs) Great to talk with you. Can't wait to visit Waco in mid-October, and we'll see you then.
3: Hope you guys make it over here. That'll be fun. And to answer your question about the ticket sales for that game, that is homecoming, and homecoming is a, a big deal at Baylor. I know a lot of schools it's really not, but that's a big deal at Baylor. So that's why that one game does have the asterisk.
1: Okay. I'd I'd rather just stick to the fact that it's BYU. BYU fans love to put on the blinders and go, look how special we are. Let's not let details get in the way of a good story. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Facts. (laughs) Come on. Come see us for homecoming. You got it. Thanks, John. Thanks,
1: guys. John Morris with us on BYU Sports Nation.
2: Listen, this place is special. It's so awesome. But sometimes we put on the blinders <laughs> and ignore reality. We really do.
1: No, no, no. It's because BYU's special, Jared. Yes. It has nothing to do with Baylor's. It has
2: nothing to do with legendary
1: homecoming. <laughs> Still, sell it out, BYU fans. Be heard in Waco.
2: Coming at BYU's at, like, the parade or something. 10-10, the top defenses the Cougars will face this season.
1: And is this season's BYU men's basketball team the best that Mark Pope has had thus far.
2: Get out of here.
1: This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Is it?
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
1: He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. And this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: With T. John Lucas cleared to play, because everyone will be from COVID unless no, right, they're right. transferring twice. Okay, like a signee, we haven't been able to say quite yet. Is this the best BYU basketball team under Mark?
1: Jerem, if it were just T. John Lucas and not others that have yet to be named, then I would say no, pretty close. But because there are other additions coming to BYU basketball. I think this will be the most balanced and best team that BYU has had under Mark Pope.
2: That'd be sweet because uh, two years ago, BYU had three top 50 players in program history or were 75 together. And beat number two, Gonzaga. It's pretty good. It's pretty good.
1: Alex Barcelo back, T. John Lucas, Caleb Lohner hopefully taking the next step, Gavin Baxter getting healthy, Richard Harward, and then... Great scorer to be named. I think BYU could be on par with the six seeds that have been in place the past two seasons. That'd
2: be big time. BYU got a six again.
1: Woo. They feel like a top 25 team to me right now with the roster makeup.
2: Whoa. Which would be a six seed. That's a little much for me. Yeah. Okay. I uh, <laughs> Do I need to put these on? Maybe I need to put these on. No, okay. if, no if you don't want to. Top 25's is legit in college basketball. Right, but that I I think BYU is going to have to climb into that space. Sure, but I think they will. I think BYU will prove that. Yeah.
1: So I mean, if if they're the best team under Mark Pope, they would be a top twenty-five team because the other two are ranked in the top twenty-five.
2: Yes. Yeah. I don't believe this team is there at the moment.
1: Okay. Uh, Matt Bushman is apparently turning heads in Las Vegas Raiders early season practices. Jerem, do you think that Matt Bushman will make the Raiders roster?
2: That's our source on the uh, head-turning. Also, uh, uh, typically an NFL team carries four tight ends on its roster. There are currently six, okay? Yes, I think that he could make the 53 and be one of the four tight ends. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable.
1: At worst, Matt Bushman is going to be a practice player for the Las Vegas
2: Raiders. At worst. He'd have to be the fifth-best tight end on the roster.
1: He's going to make it.
2: I think he's going to be tough. Yeah, I think he'll be tough. He's going
1: one. to make it. Again, at worst, practice player, I think he'll see the field for at least a game or two this season for the Los. Meaning season.
2: make the fifty. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Big Game Boomer has Gunnar Romney ranked as the 43rd best wide receiver entering 2021. Uh, I'm going to just read what's written here because I don't agree with it. Does that make him elite? Well,
1: you're just asking the question,
2: right? You just don't agree with the fact I don't that we're we even asking the question? I don't agree question? with even asking the question. <laughs> Uh, Forty-three. If you're forty-third in any list, does that make you elite? Would
1: would not be
2: unless it's world ranking in tennis or something.
1: Okay, forty-three. No. Now here's another question: Is Gunnar Romney in BYU fans' minds even the best receiver on this year's
2: roster? He's the best incumbent, but that Samson Nakua might. Puka Nakua's potential is something that we're very high on. Like his actual, he's been banged up a little bit, blah, 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 at Washington. Puka hasn't shown anything that is a semblance of what he'll become in our minds. Samson Nakua, Bill Riley, voice of the Utes, said, Samson, my my hot take is Samson Nakua is actually going to be the best receiver on BYU's team. So we'll, we'll see. Is he even the best receiver on BYU's team? I don't care. I just I just think BYU has an excellent group of four-plus that is going to be amazing. Gunner, remember,
1: Gunner was the guy that was pacing for the 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown season before he got hurt, and then Dax Milne stepped into that
2: role. Dax got those targets quite a bit.
1: Gunner Bob. absolutely has the potential to be the best and put up 1,000 and have double-digit touchdown catches.
2: 1,000 would be quite the number on this schedule, man. If he goes 700. Plus, that's pretty good against the schedule because it's weighted more heavily.
1: 700 would probably put him about 43rd best in the country, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not breaking the receiver.
1: Barstool Sports has become the official sponsor of the Arizona Bowl. So there's a Jimmy Kimmel Bowl and now a Barstool Sports Bowl.
2: Everyone gets one, I guess.
1: If BYU Sports Nation were to dip into the budget, which is endless... It is. To sponsor a bowl game, which bowl would you like to see BYUSN sponsor?
2: Uh, Bahamas Bowl. Blink of an eye. Let's go to the Bahamas. Somewhere
1: warm and awesome. Yes. Yes. So that's my answer. Or famous
2: Idaho potato. What?
1: The Hawaii Bowl is my answer. I want to go to Hawaii every year. That
2: was a fun. You can do that whether the bowl is there or not. There are
1: BYU ties already (laughs) in Hawaii. It makes perfect sense. Call it the BYU-Hawaii Bowl for all I care.
2: Like, from Laye? <laughs> BYU-Hawaii? what have I heard. BYU
1: Sports Nation
2: athletics!
1: belongs in Hawaii for a bowl game. Bahamas would be fun,
2: though. Shout out to the North Shore. What's up? Uh, Jim Fredette? had another trick shot. Are you impressed by this one? Let's watch it. Let's take a look. Double bouncer. Oh! And then off the ground. Okay, so double wall, bounce. wall, bounce off the ground and in.
1: So there are three bounces involved in that. Boom, boom. Yeah, because it goes off two walls and then bounces on the concrete and in.
2: I think Jimmer had just lifted, by the way. Looking swollen. Or right is, there, man. or
1: is he just looking like that all the time?
2: That would be a significant. He's looking loner esque.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed by that. That's cool. Yeah, three bounces two walls and the concrete.
2: One. Yes. What I really wanted to. Know, oh, Woo! Jack, Jack Jimmer, let's go.
1: Yeah, Jack Jimmer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerem, Moving on. Livingstone College, yes. a historical black college yes. located in North Carolina, becomes the latest in a trend of universities redoing their football fields with school colors turf. Debuting plans for a Livingstone no blue, real, okay, aqua <laughs> aqua blue. Would you ever want BYU to join into that trend with a blue field?
2: No, no, That's me Boise too. Boise State's Please, thing. No, but let's no. look at what it would look like. No! Oh, I don't actually hate it. Wow. Blue okay. turf? What no. else? Okay, this is Royal. What else we got? We got a couple more, I think.
0: Okay, okay there's Navy. Is,
2: navy's too dark. Navy's right? too dark, yep. That's no. that's kind of what Voice no. State does. But like. Tan is the worst. Oh. Tan is so bad. Well, tan
1: honestly, tan is probably the best color to play because well, it's lighter. You can actually see things on it.
2: Let's just call it gold. That gives it more luster. Gold, like you know gold what I mean? Field. Tan is boring. We're gold going? is like we're going
1: to sprinkle the pitch at the Lavella Stadium with gold flakes.
2: From the Notre Dame helmets <laughs> the night before. Coming up, more Jack Jimmer. No, I don't know. Uh, and Ryzen Cheddar.
1: And the top ten defenses BYU football will face in 2021. Where are the youths going to end up on that list? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On
2: the newest Deep Blue, I talked with Spencer Linton. We talked about your journey to BYU, or previous connections uh, in school, and BYU and of course, uh, the origins, and, and the impact your dad had on you. Check it out on the BYU radio app and where podcasts are found. Just search Deep Blue.
1: Hey, any opportunity to talk about the family, I'm all about it. Shout uh, out to Christine, by the way. I'm all.
2: And shout out to Vin Diesel, because family.
1: Yes. Family first. By the way, you still owe me a six-second car or whatever it is.
0: <laughs>
1: what is I can't it remember. What is? How many seconds is it? Nine-second car, ten-second car. I can't remember what it is. It's a ten-second car. Speaking I... of ten, Jerem.
2: Oh, nice.
1: It's the latest ten and ten. The top ten defenses BYU football will face cool. in 2021. Presented by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth Living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Educate the people, Jerem.
2: But first... 10 lists in 10 weeks.
0: It's Jerem, 10 and 10.
2: Okay, top 10 defenses, not mentioned. Idaho State and South Florida. Don't at me. Utah State is number 10. New coordinator <laughs> Ephraim Banda switching to a 4-3. Nine returning starters that allowed 485 yards, 34 points a game last year. It was bad. 16 sacks was nice, but only two picks. 11th worst defense by yardage. Four all-league players look to right the ship. Justin Rice... All Sun Belt linebacker, formerly at San Jose State, then Arkansas State last year for a year. Transfer in to help boost the unit.
1: Okay, I just can't believe South Florida's worse than Utah State after what you presented.
2: Yikes. Oh, yeah, they're bad. Number nine, Washington State. Analyzing Wazoo's great defense might be like discussing Utah's Pac-12 titles. It Ooh. doesn't exist. Ooh. Ten returning starters. Gave up 38 a game last year. Jake Dickert ran the old 4-2-5. It didn't work well. Gave up 10-plus yards on 29% of plays. Second worst in the country. But... There's some all-conference talent uh, at all three levels.
1: Suddenly I'm feeling really good about BYU's chances in Pullman. you
2: got to outscore them. Number eight, Arizona. New defensive coordinator Don Brown comes from Michigan where the Wolverines were a perennial top 25 defense. In fact, in 2016, we're number two in the country. He's nicknamed Dr. Blitz. If only he had Michigan players to work with. Nine returning starters from a team that gave up almost 40 again last year.
1: Yikes, yeah. Uh, If he had Michigan players, BYU would probably be in trouble. (laughs) Just rewinding before They were 2015. in
2: 2015. Woo! BYU crossed the 50 once. That was cool. Number seven, Baylor. Dave Aranda is a defensive head coach. Baylor not known for its defense, though. Has 10 starters back from a team that had 16 takeaways last year. Gave up 7.1 yards per attempt passing, top 50 nationally. Drell Bernard and Jalen Pitry will be good players on that side of the ball. Will Jeff Grimes' offense eliminate the need for Baylor's defense to need to be good?
1: Hmm. They need to have a quarterback to outscore BYU, and we just learned that they've got a little quarterback debate going you on. You
2: didn't just learn that. I did a 10-10 and 10 quarterback. That's true, you did. Number six. Wait, I was off that show. I'm sorry I didn't watch it. Oh, that's true. Okay, you're forgiven. Forgive me. I was forgiven. Number six, Virginia. Nick Howell and Kelly Papinga lead this group. Six returning starters. Gave up 30 a game. Red zone defense was good, pretty good at 79%. Bottom 30 in total defense, however. Perhaps those five new starters will help with that. Where's a Brandon Ogletree and a Lonnie Fua when you need one? Nick Jackson had 105 tackles in 10 games last year.
1: Virginia's always going to have a disciplined, hard-nosed defense. That's what Bronco Mendenhall does. Yes.
2: They are not quite the defenses that BYU was. Here. Number five, Boise State. New head coach Andy Avalos was the defensive coordinator at Oregon before taking over as head coach in Boise. So you know that side of the ball will be solid. Ezekiel Noah and Riley Wimpy are studs at linebacker. Broncos gave up 30-plus in four of seven games, including 51 to BYU, although BYU was a top 10 offense. 5.3 5.3 yards for play allowed was 30th in FPS in 2020.
1: Listen, I'm not that worried because Boise State hasn't beaten a BYU team in Provo when the Cougars have finished with a winning record. But congratulations, great Boise. Out.
2: You discovered that yesterday. You've that beaten great. Boise
1: in Provo, or you beating beaten BYU in Provo when the teams went 4-8 and eight and 4-9. and nine.
2: <laughs> We don't think BYU's doing that. Number four, Georgia Southern. Scott Sloan has eight dudes back from a team that gave up 33 a game, only 326 yards because triple option on offense. Fourteenth in total defense, number one in interceptions with 18. Derek Canteen had six himself with 10 PBUs. They shaved a full yard off the 2019 average of yards per play. Fourth best improvement in the country. So limited offensive opportunities, but they take the ball away.
1: Yeah, this is the shocker for me. Georgia yeah. Southern at number four. How much of their defense is set up by ball control from the off?
2: Yes. Yet again, 18 picks was excellent. It's impressive. Number three, Arizona State. Former NFL player Antonio Pierce calls the shots for a group that had 13 takeaways and 9 sacks in 4 games. That was crazy. 34 takeaways in the past 11 games. That's highest in FBS over that span. Quarterback Chase Lucas, defensive end Tyler Johnson, are the studs.
1: Incredibly, Arizona State has one Rose Bowl win in the last 50 years.
2: (laughs) Yes, 34 takeaways in 11 games. Incredible. I know. Number two, USC. Todd Orlando, former Utah State. D.C. is the guy. Vic Soto coaches the D-line, former Cougar defensive lineman, tight end. 26 points allowed in eight games, 370 yards a game last year. Good numbers. Drake Jackson is the real deal on the line. 3.2 yards per carry allowed as a defense. Two and a half sacks a game.
1: Jeremy, I was really hoping that USC would show up number one on this list.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And the number one defense BYU will face in 2021 is Utah. Morgan Scalley has this group rocking and rolling. Bill Riley, the voice of use, told us, Coaches think linebacker Devin Lloyd might be the best in program history. Wow. Nine returning starters from a team that gave up 26 a game in five games. Utah's defense is always amazing. That's what they do. It just, it just is.
1: So does BYU need a game manager quarterback to start and not turn the ball over against that defense to give themselves the best chance to win that game? So Baylor, Insert not Jared, Baylor Romney doesn't turn the ball over.
2: Well, we don't know that Jaron turns the ball over. It's true. You, we don't know
1: Unfortunately, that. he hasn't really stayed in the game long enough for us to figure yes. that out.
2: Yes, let's have Jaron Hall start a bunch of games. That'd be awesome. All right. Let's see. Okay, coming up, the elite voice of the day.
1: And a rise and shout out to a team that absolutely knows BYU's worth. This is
0: BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU
1: Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Taysom Hill on his way to the end zone against Texas.
2: And from that point on, Texas realized, maybe we need to leave this league.
1: Maybe we shouldn't uh, have BYU. (laughs) Maybe Texas is the reason BYU didn't get into the league.
2: (laughs) Maybe BYU get in now. Uh, Yeah, because Texas Texas is gone. gone. They're like, Taysom Hill's in SEC country now. We should just go there because he download the podcast. Uh, subscriber, yes, yeah. yes.
1: <laughs> Our question of the day
2: putting the blinders on again.
1: <laughs> what do you feel makes BYU a good fit or not in the Big 12 if those eight teams remain intact and maybe there's some expansion? Ventura23 on Twitter says, No, Big 12 is a house fire right now. Don't join that burning building.
2: There wasn't a comma, so let's read it without the comma. Ready? No, no big. big 12, no big. Okay. It could be red. No big. 12 is a house fire right now. The du- no, we agreed the other day that um, it is a house on fire. The
1: firefighters so, need to come in and put the fire out.
2: Let's talk through this very quickly. The
1: embers settle but, a little bit and then go.
2: If, if, no, another day, another day, why maybe jumping into that burning building might be beneficial. Let's discuss. Right? The, let's if, discuss. If that's I, the only, I have thoughts.
1: If the windows only open while the,
2: the building is burning. Don't, don't jump it. Apple S. Command S. <laughs> Save that.
1: All right. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Matt Cougar A70 on Twitter. Pros, BY is competitive in many sports. More than 17 in the Director's Cup standings. Yeah. Good fan base. Good brand, especially after the second pick in the NFL draft. BYU TV, Lavella Stadium, cons.
2: your TV might be Loca- complicated.
1: Location for travel. But I'm with John Morris. You can get on a private jet and be in Texas in two hours. Yeah, it's
2: two hours. It doesn't matter. I just doesn't this. matter anymore. I just did this over the weekend.
1: And the albatross is the effort to accommodate Sunday policy worth it for the Big well, 12.
2: And you got to add in the LGBTQ plus conversation as well. That B- complicated.
1: BYU would be an economic asset.
2: Yes. Yes. Today's ride of shout-outs outs presented by Mountain American Credit Union, guiding you forward. Mine goes to Jack Jimmer.
1: Okay. I'm going to give it to the Baylor Bears, Jerem, for recognizing the value bring, BYU brings to their ticket prices, <laughs> even if it is on homecoming.
2: <laughs> Normally you you, you know, schedule the crappy team on homecoming, right? You guys not a crappy team. The a gonna great. It's going to go win that game. game?
1: Let's go Just spoil go win homecoming. That game. Our thanks to today's guest, the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris.
2: Sorry to Dennis. You beat a Big 12 team.
1: (laughs) Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Liddell Anderson.